Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Boss Up Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Aries. And on today's episode, episode 207, I'm sharing the top leadership books that I'm reading right now. I'd be curious to hear from you what's on your leadership and professional development bookshelf this year as we gear up to focus on leadership and management at Bossed Up Bootcamp later this month. We're bringing our totally newly designed Bossed Up Bootcamp to San Francisco later this month on March 21st and 22nd, then on to Denver and DC later this year to really support first-time managers, aspiring managers, and women managers who are making that leap into leadership cultivate and develop the skills we all need to advocate for ourselves, our careers, and our teams. So as we focus on leadership development at Boston Bootcamp this year, we made it easier than ever for you to get your boss or your company to sponsor your attendance. Head to bossedup.org slash bootcamp to learn more, download a proposal template, download our Boss Up Bootcamp brief, which is a visual and compelling case for why they should send you to bootcamp. And as a reminder, we have discounted group rates available for organizations that send three or more women to bootcamp this year. And I'm always happy to answer them or hop on the call to talk things through. All right. So the three books that are on my leadership reading list lately, first is Dare to Lead with Brene Brown, which I finished at the end of last year and has really informed how I'm managing the Bossed Up team this year. I want to talk about that more. The second is Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. I'm almost done with it. I've been listening on Audible all month. And the final one that I haven't really cracked yet, to be completely honest, but is on my reading list and has been on that list since it was recommended to me is Radical Candor by Kim Scott. So first, I want to talk a little bit about Dare to Lead. I'm a big fan of Brene Brown, as I think a lot of people are, for her pioneering work and storytelling prowess as it relates to her research on the power of vulnerability. She's really a shame researcher, but the flip side of shame has led her to become an expert in vulnerability and how that impacts relationships of all kinds. Dare to Lead is her really focusing her vulnerability lens on the realm of leadership relationships, how to build trust, how to be courageous, how to take risks in a high visibility environment, which can be really hard. Because the reality is that the more you rise in the ranks in any organization, it feels like the higher you climb, the, the farther you have to fall. And so people become risk averse, people become vulnerability averse, and think we have to command and control and put on this tough armor. And Brene's book, Dare to Lead, really helps push back on that concept. Her subtitle is Brave Work, Tough Conversations, Whole Hearts. And 
reading her book was kind of like a, a management masterclass in an interactive way. There was some stuff I'd heard before. I'm not going to lie. I thought Dare to Lead was a little repetitive if you've read Daring Greatly and some of her other excellent reads. Um, but it, it really does build on it. And I think the best stuff in this book was in the very last third. It was the final third of the book. What I really enjoyed were the the actionable, practical, um, instructive takeaways that she offers not only through the book itself, but through the corresponding assets she has available on her website that you can download. So for instance, when I started the year, started the decade with the Bossed Up team, we practiced uh, at a mini team retreat, we practiced articulating and identifying individually our core values, like what matter most to us amongst a very long list of values that Brene had us list out. And then we practiced articulating through Brene's helpful guides, quite frankly. We practiced articulating what behaviors lead us to feel aligned with those values and what behaviors violate those values, which was a very vulnerable conversation <laughs> to have. So what that led us to was kind of a newfound appreciation, not just a of our personality traits, which we've uncovered before and we've worked on as a team before, but also better understanding and articulating each of our individual motivations, our why behind the what we do here at Bossed Up. I have to say, I think that clarity brought us together and made it easier for us to accomplish a lot in a very brief amount of time following that because we were off to the races knowing that we had each other's back, knowing that we were all motivated to be there and knowing why why we were motivated to be there. So I really like Brene Brown for her practical, the practical nature behind the concepts that she introduces. And on her website, daretolead.brenebrown.com, you can find different assessments, takeaways, read-along materials that help operationalize your team's values, which is exactly what we did at the very start of the decade. So big fan of the book, especially if you are a leader and looking to motivate your team and, and connect with your team in a more authentic and deep way. All right. The second book that I am working on is Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last. Now, Simon Sinek, I, I have to say, I've been listening on Audible and I find his storytelling ability to connect to the key concepts that he's sharing to be really profound and really memorable and delightful. That being said, my only critique of this book is it, ju it just goes on forever. It is a, it feels like a massive book. I, I can't tell you because I haven't held it in my hands, but I feel like this book is taking me forever to get through. And like, he's kind of going on and repeating himself in a way. But my favorite part of his book thus far is a chapter or a, a section or a subsection. He's got like a million. He literally, I'm thinking, I think I'm on chapter 27. He has like a million sub chapters for his chapters. Um, I can tell this is a man who probably appreciates a color coded spreadsheet because uh, his book very much breaks things down in, in a detail oriented way. But his chapter called Leadership Lessons that's where he really summarizes and gets to the heart 
of his philosophy of, of frankly, what could be termed servant leadership. He draws a ton of parallels from the military. Even the title, Leaders Eat Last, sort of alludes to uh, the military's rank and order system and how in every branch of the military, including the Navy, which he references often, which delights me because my older brother, Alex, was a um, enlisted member of the Navy on the submarine. He was a submariner for a long time and served our country, which was incredible. And I'm so proud of him for that. But what he talks about is how the highest ranking officers are always the last to eat and how the petty officers and recruits and new New recruits are always the first to eat because the leaders are there to frankly provide cover for their their team. And I really like the military references he uses because life and death is so clear. And those those um, those teams need to be full of trust because the risks are so high right, when we're talking about armed forces. So he really breaks down the importance of providing cover, ground cover, air cover, you know, making sure you're clearing the decks and clearing obstacles and covering your team's backs. That kind of trust, that kind of integrity and trust is not an easy thing to build. It is an easy thing to break. And the consequences of not having that level of trust and integrity in your leaders can be disastrous, both in a life and death situation, but also just in an economic perspective. He talks a lot about how corporate America lacks integrity these days and rewards bad behavior instead of true leadership qualities and how problematic that is for companies that, you know, were otherwise thought as built to last, to borrow a term from Collins and Porus, which by the way, built to last is another great leadership book to read um, if you haven't already. So I'm a fan. I mean, Simon Sinek is, you know, he's wordy, but he's helpful. And uh, the storytelling is definitely, definitely worth a listen because I like the research he cites and, oh, one other thing that's huge that I forgot to mention is that my love of cognitive science comes into play in a very big way with, with his book, Leaders Eat Last, because he doesn't just talk about building trust and integrity. He talks about the hormonal responses in your brain and body that binds you together, the kind of dopamine response that you get by achieving tasks and how that can be a helpful motivator. But also he talks about the endorphins that help us mask pain when we're moving towards a goal together that requires resilience and grit. He talks about dopamine, the dopamine kick that we get when we achieve tasks and cross things off our to-do list or achieve some goal or end of some kind. He talks about, importantly, serotonin, which he calls the leadership chemical, because that's what we feel when we know that we're respected, admired, and that we're making people proud. It boosts our confidence. It makes us feel proud and like we're making others proud, which is really, really key. And then finally, oxytocin, the chemical of love, the, the chemical that binds us together, the feeling we get from emotional bonds that help teams stick together and have each other's back. So it's a fascinating take in that 
he doesn't just talk about leadership theories. He connects it to how we are biologically wired for connection, for group management, and for leadership. And I think that's part of the best components of this book as well, is understanding how we are historically and psychologically and neurologically wired for group dynamics and leadership characteristics. So if that's your jam, check out Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last. Now, finally, I want to share a little bit about Radical Candor, Kim Scott's book that I'm just beginning. And it's become quite the phenomenon. I don't know if you've heard of this before, but it's both a New York Times and Wall Street Journal best-selling book. It's called Radical Candor, Be a Kick-Ass Boss Without Losing Your Humanity, which I think we can all agree is a delightful thing to aspire to. And it's written by Kim Scott, who led DoubleClick online sales and operations at Google before joining Apple to develop and teach a leadership seminar. So she's got a seriously Silicon Valley background, which I'd be curious to learn how that might inform her work. She's not coming from the business school arena. She's coming from the Silicon Valley business school of tech. She's also been a CEO coach at Dropbox, Twitter, and several other tech companies. Earlier in her career, she worked as a senior policy advisor of the FCC, managed a pediatric clinic in Kosovo, started a diamond-cutting factory in Moscow. What? And was an analyst on the Soviet company's fund. She received her MBA from Harvard Business School, her BA from Princeton. She's the author of three novels. Damn, okay, Kim. And her husband, Andy Scott, are parents of twins and live in the Bay Area. Wow. That is not a short list of achievements. So congrats, Kim. What I really like about what I'm seeing in her book is that it is focused on being a good boss. I think a lot of leadership books are not. (laughs) A lot of leadership books are like, how to motivate your team to get the absolute most out of them. Or even Brene Brown's book is like, how to tap into the emotional vulnerability of your team so that you can maximize (laughs) the efficacy of your bonds. And I don't want to be too cynical about it, but it does seem like a lot of management books have this sort of underlying premise, which is read this and you'll get more done. And I like Kim Scott's framing of this book, which is, you know, how to use empathy and radical candor and to be a better, more authentic human and to basically do away with what she calls manipulative insincerity and obnoxious aggression, which sounds pretty great. So I'm excited to read Radical Candor. I will update you as I do. And I'd love to hear from you if you've read this book already, what you found most useful about it. That is what is on my leadership reading list this time of year. What is on the docket for you? How are you developing your leadership skills this year? How are you focusing on management or supporting yourself and your teams or supporting and furthering your career goals? I'd love to hear from you in the comment section at today's corresponding blog post where you'll also find links and an easy to share and easy to read version of this podcast at bossedup.org slash episode 207. Thanks as always for listening. In the meantime, let's keep Boston in pursuit of our purpose and together we'll lift as we climb. 